Hello everyone and welcome to a new UNOGOS series with me, Alexandra Nyamoyavoyi, and today's featured contributor, Ronit Ghost. This is UNOGOA, where we offer minimal actionable responses to important questions in about 50 minutes or less. And it's also where we offer you the opportunity to earn some African Tech Roundup tokens as a thank you for listening. Who is Ronit Ghost? He's a global head of banking, fintech, and digital assets for City Global Insights, he is also the lead author of Cities GPS series. The first edition has had more than 350,000 downloads, making it the most read report ever published by City and one of the most read fintech reports ever published. But before we hear from Ronit, let's do this. For a chance to earn some African Tech Roundup token, here's a question you need to answer. What was the first central bank digital currency, aka CDBC, to become widely available globally. Here's a hint. Think Caribbean for this one, then stay listening to the end of the episode for the answer. Right, so on this episode, Ronis will be answering the question, will blockchain-enabled fintech solutions completely disrupt incumbent financial institutions? He'll speak to some of the most significant geopolitical policy shifts shaping how incumbent financial institutions are thinking about blockchain tech adoption, deployment, and cite some of the more notable experiments, pilots, and policy work happening around central bank digital currencies. So without any further ado, here's Runit. When thinking about it from a politics, a geopolitics, a policy perspective, let's unpackage what some of the big issues of blockchain, positive and maybe negative, are. So what a blockchain is, is it's a decentralized network. And just remember that point, decentralized, i.e. no one is in control. Incumbent financial institutions, governments, generally most power structures or organizational structures are based around control. Sometimes they're based on control after consent. We vote for a government, we give them our consent, and then they administer the country on our behalf. Similarly, in companies, shareholders do the same, or employees. Now, the challenge blockchain presents is it challenges the fundamental notion of centralization and control. So what does that mean? If you're a big bank or a big company, this is quite existential in a way. Or if you're looking at it in more practical terms, let's move away from conceptual but practical terms, when it comes to the world of money, which is where your question's based around, blockchain, in terms of applications, I can think of, and your viewers will think, Bitcoin, that's a blockchain-based network. In fact, it's the most famous blockchain-based network, 2009 and to 12 years now and running. Bitcoin has advantages and at the same time, disadvantages. The central banks around the world and governments have their own digital money that they're working on for a few years now called central bank digital currencies. And the leading large country when it comes to CBDCs is China. There are other, don't mean to be disrespectful, let's call it smaller countries, Bahamas in the West Indies who've got blockchain-based digital money solutions. And, but among big countries, China is the furthest ahead. Think China, Europe, America. 
And this is where the geopolitical angle comes in, because if the Chinese who are already piloting, and we can talk about this, I'm sure, in more detail in this and future episodes, their own CBDC, they have an E1 out years before the Europeans, like the ECB or the Bank of England or the Federal Reserve and the Americans, and most likely before most of the 54 countries in Africa. What does that mean? Is the ERMB just the modern-day digital 21st century version of dollarization? Are you familiar with dollarization, right? When your economy basically, people stop using a local currency because the volatility or the depreciation in value of the local currency, they go, you see this a lot in Latin America, Central, and even some African countries. I want to be paid in dollars or euros. Many particularly big ticket transactions around the world happen in dollars or euros. From a blockchain perspective, or specifically CBDC, which technically isn't based on a blockchain, can be, but the CBDC question is, is the ERMB, the Chinese CBDC, going to become like the dollarization of the 21st century? Because China is the biggest trade partner in many parts of the world, including many parts of Africa. If they say, hey, I'll pay you with my RMB, and here's this digital format, you probably accept it. Does that mean large parts of your local currency start becoming ERMB? Will local citizens, households, corporates, will they keep their money in ERMB? Could be really interesting to watch. So you can see there's lots of, there's a conceptual argument, control, centralization versus decentralization. And there's a very specific ERMB geopolitical angle. Um, So I've already touched upon how China among big countries has been in the forefront. But this is more than just a China story. The Bank of International Settlements, and for your viewers who don't know, audience doesn't know BIS, The BIS is the central bank of central banks. It's based in Basel in Switzerland, and they do some great work, some studies on this topic, and we've been relying a lot on their work. The BIS, in the last survey of central banks all over the world, concluded that 86%, so that's like nearly, whatever, five out of six central banks in the world, have some kind of CBDC project underway. So pretty much everyone's got some sort of CBDC project underway in the world. Now, most of those projects are in proof of concept stage. Now, that means it's a group of people inside the central bank writing white papers or doing a few little trials and tests. 60%, 60% of the central banks in the last BIS study were at proof of concept stage. 14%, one four. We're actually doing something. Like I mentioned China. So China's been working on this for five, six plus years, but really in real life is 2020. Around spring 2020, they began piloting and they've been doing it in just over half a dozen or so cities around China. She's putting out CBDC, like doing airdrops effectively into people's digital wallets, into whatever digital wallet they have on their phone, dropping in CBDCs, just like you would have e-money today from your favorite, one of your favorite big tech companies. They've been doing this in China. Now, in Africa, you've seen quite a few announcements recently, in fact. So obviously, you know, South African Saab, South African Reserve Bank are working on this. In the last couple of days, we've seen an announcement from CBN, Central Bank of Nigeria. Uh, they've actually announced a private sector partner from the Caribbean uh, working with them. Up in Egypt, there's partnerships. So it's north, south, west. I'm also from the east, but uh, there's there's partnerships happening all over the place. Africa is also part of this. It's a global story. CBDCs are being worked on, and at least in some countries, about one-fifth of the world's population, mainly China, they're coming. Here's the answer to this week's proof-of-play question. For a chance to earn some African Tech Roundup token, here's the question you need to answer. What was the first central bank digital currency, aka CDBC, 
to become widely available globally? The answer, according to the Atlantic Council, is the Bahamian Sand Dollar, which was originally piloted in 2019. A Mastercard report states that the Sand Dollar became the first fully deployed digital version of a country's fiat currency in October 2020. So there you have it. Go ahead and fill out the Google form linked in the show notes with your name, email address, pseudo address, and the correct answer to today's question. If you don't already have a social token wallet and pseudo address, get with the program by signing up at wallet.socialstack.co. You can share your comment by leaving a 60-second voice note. Until next time.